everyone, I'm Natasha, therapist and mum of two, and I'll be bringing you weekly 15-minute episodes to help you find yourself again after the life-changing experience of becoming a mum. I am waiting to do a little guest expert in a sleep course tonight, and this is what's inspired today's episode. So the mums in the sleep course obviously are sleep-deprived. They're working with a sleep coach because they have had over a year, I think these are children between one and two, over a year of very little sleep. Obviously, little sleep, not great for your mental health. They're feeling pretty broken. They had lots of questions around mental health, around managing overwhelm, around um, staying regulated when your children aren't. So I thought this would be a great topic to talk about today. And I was really thinking that when I am the most dysregulated is bedtime when my kids push me the most is bedtime. And it makes sense. It's a perfect storm. We're all tired. I would say we're all hungry, but Jem from Blissed Out Babies, whose course it is, gave me the most amazing tip about six months ago. Don't do bedtime hungry. If you do bedtime hungry, you're way more likely to lose your shit. So I try not to do bedtime hungry, even though I hate having early dinner. But Anyway, I'm always tired when I do bedtime. They're always testing. This week, my daughter actually, her best excuse was it's too hot to go to sleep after she had turned our heating up to 27 degrees. Yeah, that's something to look forward to when your children learn to turn up the heating. Can't wait to see my bill. But yeah, they test us and they test us. And I, that is the one time, no, maybe school run actually, they're the times when I'm most likely to shout because there's only so much we can take. We're humans. There are times when they push us too far. So I've been looking at things that mums can do who've just been pushed too far for too long and not, are not getting any breaks to help them to understand then how to calm their nervous system and regulate when their children are really dysregulated. And I've learned some great stuff for me as well. I've even sent some stuff to my mum, which she was very receptive to, which is nice. So what we're going to be talking about is black and white thinking. Now, black and white thinking is the idea that there is only one outcome. So words we use when we're we're stuck in black and white thinking are always, never, perfect, terrible, everything, just really horrible judgmental words. When we get into that mindset of I'm a terrible mother, I'm a terrible person, everyone else seems to be able to cope and I can't, my husband does nothing, my baby never sleeps, just these statements that are just completely unfixable like we have given up we've got no hope you know it's that when you've had five days of 5am wake ups I'm saying five and I'm sorry if you're on 25 5am wake ups and you just feel like it's never going to end and there's nothing you can do so the more extreme you're thinking the more intense the emotions will be and this is really a trap that we fall into when we're when our anxiety is high or when we're feeling really low. Now, the reason we do fall into this black and white thinking is that when our nervous system is dysregulated and when we go into our fight or flight, it makes sense when you're in danger to ignore any nuances. So our brain is designed in highly stressful situations to go into fight or flight to keep us safe. So say, I don't know, someone is like running at you with a knife. If you started thinking about all the possibilities, like, is it a real knife? He probably won't do it. 
it's probably not at me. Like any, all these possibilities, you're not going to run. Or you're not gonna, we need in those really dangerous situations to be able to just think of one outcome and take it. But the problem is that our fight or flight responses turn on at times when we don't need them. So in early motherhood, you are in like highly stressful periods a lot of the time. When you have a child screaming at you or crying and for hours, your brain goes into that fight or flight mode. And that is when we just fall into these black and white thinking and we can't get ourselves out of it. It's when we start to exaggerate how bad things are, what it does, it helps to excuse us from taking action, but it also protects us from feeling guilty and feeling accountable, which sometimes we we can't handle. When you have had no sleep for weeks on end, you can't cope with any more disappointment, with any more uncertainty. Yeah, okay, your child hasn't been sleeping and it might be a good idea to call a sleep coach, but what if you call that sleep coach and it doesn't work? Can you cope with that disappointment if it doesn't work? Maybe you can't. What if you ask for help and your husband can't settle your baby? All these things, they feel so much harder to manage the disappointment when we're already broken. So we go into this thinking as a way to keep ourselves in the moment safe. But the problem is our future self just becomes more and more and more stuck. So in these non-life-threatening situations, don't worry, there are things that you can do. You don't have to just be stuck with this forever. And I know you're probably thinking, I don't just do this with sleep. I do this in every single scenario because we can do it with work, we can do it with relationships, we can do it with friends. Fertility is a huge one. I'm never going to get pregnant. Um, Everyone else is getting pregnant. When you are going month by month and coming on your period, getting into that black and white thinking and getting stuck is so easy to do. And then obviously we can just look with the algorithm, feeding us whatever our brain's been talking about. Just add and add and add to that petrol cycle of, I'm stuck, this isn't going to get better, this is hard. My friend always talks a lot about her boys fighting. She finds it really hard that her two boys fight a lot. And she will constantly be feeling like a failure because they hurt each other. Trying to help her to get out of that, like, boys fight, like, there are lots of other mums like you. This isn't that you're a failure, this is just how life is. Because when you're a stay-at-home mum and you're with your kids 24-7, it's really, really easy to just get stuck in that I'm not doing a good job. I should be doing better. Should is a real black and white word. And it is one of the first words I will always try and stop my clients from using. I remember getting shoulded by my therapist. And that is one of those moments that, one of those light bulb moments where it's like, why am I saying should? It's always could. There is never a should. It's always could. I could do this. I could do that. I could go out, I could work out, I could ask for help, could sleep train. So here are the tips for when you notice you are falling into that black and white thinking. Firstly, I've just said it, notice it. We need to start noticing when we are doing it. So I think a really good example 
for me is yesterday I was assuming my son would come back from nursery and he was going to be a nightmare. He always, there always is another one, always comes home and he's a complete, like he's absolutely exhausted. He cries at everything. I can't do anything right. Getting him to sleep is a nightmare because he's too tired. And actually, he came home yesterday and he was really, really happy. He came home today and he was really unhappy. But he came home yesterday and was really unhappy. He's not always really unhappy. I don't know what happened yesterday, why he was so happy when he came home, but it was an absolute joy. He was a nightmare in the morning. Maybe he got it out. Maybe he just needs to have a bad mood once a day. We all get in these bad moods. It's, it's okay to be in a bad mood. Another one I'm really aware of is my child doesn't eat anything. It's really easy when you have a like a fussy eater to feel like my child never eats anything. My mum always says to me, like, you were really fussy. Your brother was really fussy. Stop worrying about it. But when my daughter was little, I used to really worry about it. I used to really compare her to other children who ate better and she hated food and she wouldn't eat anything. And there was so many, like, there was so much stress around food. And now that, and then I had my son and he, like, really liked eating. And... I realised that it wasn't anything that I was doing. It wasn't anything that I needed to fix. It was just, she just didn't like food that much. And she's better now, but she's still not a big eater. And that's okay. But really notice when you're getting into that and notice what the words, the words that you're using. I would actually say, write down the words. As soon as you, when you notice them, write them down. So you remember them, because I always remember should. When you notice them, when you start that, get that thought, take a deep breath. Now, what I would suggest was take the biggest, deepest breath you can take. And then when you think you can't take any more air in, take two more breaths. And then let out a really long exhale. Now, in the moment when you're really stressed, you can do that. Like I, this morning, when they were driving me mad, just went in the office for one minute. They were watching telly. I can go into the office for one minute and do one minute of breathing. If you've got a little baby and your baby won't stop screaming, if you just take one minute to take a breath, it's probably better than you absolutely losing your shit and crying with them in your arms. Like, take a minute, take a breath, go and hide in the bathroom, do whatever you've got to do, but just take that minute to calm your nervous system. When we take a deep breath, we try, we reset the cortisol and we bring it down so that we can cope for that much longer. The next thing I want you to do is name the emotion because what you're doing is you're thinking about a thought, but stop and think, I feel. What are you feeling in that moment? You could be feeling sad, hurt, broken, exhausted, angry. There are so many things you could be feeling. So notice that. The next step is to name the emotion you're feeling in that moment. It's so easy to like spiral with the thought. And the thought could be, I've only got an hour before I need to go to sleep and I don't know how long the baby's going to sleep and I don't want to waste that time watching something that I don't want. It could be, I've just had this conversation with a client. We're going out for dinner, me and my husband are going out for dinner and I want it to be perfect. I want to pick the right restaurant, but I keep picking the wrong one. So in that moment, I want you to name the feeling because there's no right restaurant, there's no right TV program. You're losing track. How do you feel in that moment when... You can't decide when you've got paralysis, when you're spiralling into worst-case scenarios about something that isn't actually a huge deal, that isn't necessarily true. Most of the time, this is the point. Like, our thoughts tell us lies. And go back to how you're feeling. 
So I feel overwhelmed, I feel tired, I feel sad that I don't have enough time to myself. I feel frustrated I don't have time for myself. I feel angry I don't have enough time to myself. I feel disappointed that this is our only opportunity to spend time together. I feel ashamed that I can't just make decisions anymore and I'm not just fun and spontaneous anymore. I feel. I want you to take take the statement back to how I feel. When we can own a statement and talk about it from our frame of reference rather than making blanket statements about other people or situations, we take back control and we take back ownership. And when we're being black and white, we feel completely out of control because it's external things that are affecting what we're doing. And actually, when we say, I feel, it's us. We have control over how we feel. We have the power to change how we feel. And when we can manage our thoughts and notice them, we have the change, the power to change how we feel. We have had the power to say, okay, I'm making assumptions about this and it might not be true, or I'm going to waste case scenarios and it might not be true. And I have no evidence of what I'm feeling. So this is when we move on to the reframe. Like with black and white, there's only one option. But in life, there's never only one option. Everything in life is grey. Every single thing is grey. If you're, you want a date night and you don't know how you can ever get a babysitter, even if you've got no one to babysit, you can have a date night at home. There are amazing things like you can order restaurant boxes. My friend was showing these, these most fancy restaurant boxes the other day. Pizza pilgrims, you can order boxes from them. You can order a takeaway. You can put candles on. You can dress up. If you can find a babysitter, you can, can ask someone to help. If your child's at nursery, you can possibly book a morning off and go for breakfast. A date doesn't have to be at nighttime. It can be at days in the daytime. You can even, worst case scenario, when have your baby go to sleep in the pram and then just go for a walk together and get a coffee while they're sleeping and that can be a little date. Depends how you see it. There is always a grey area and I want, in this moment, when we notice how we feel, we find it much easier to think about the grey and to not focus on the black and white. When we focus on the black and white, life is really hard and we feel really stuck. The other thing that's important to remember is you can feel two contradictory emotions at the same time. You can feel sad and you can feel angry. You can feel happy and you can feel disappointed. So you could be really happy that your baby slept four hours last night, but still feel disappointed that they didn't sleep for 12 hours. Or you could feel really happy. A really small one I'm thinking in my house is, I'm really pleased that my husband made the bed, but I'm also disappointed that he doesn't just do it. Like we have a real thing in our house. I like him to make the bed. Well, I like the bed to be made. He doesn't care. I don't think it's important. But it makes me unhappy when he doesn't make the bed because I can go into that black and white thinking of thinking, he doesn't make the bed because he thinks I'm a servant and I should just do everything for him. He doesn't. That's not. Actually, when I can step out of the grey and say, when he doesn't make the bed, it makes me feel really overwhelmed because it's another job for me. And actually, the reality is he doesn't make the bed because having a made bed just isn't like high on his agenda of things to do. And the reality is he doesn't make the bed because he's too tired in the morning. It has nothing to do with him thinking, I will do it. He just doesn't think about it. And that's where there are so many layers of grey. So when you can get specific, you can think of something to change. So it is to really 
get specific. So with that, in that conversation with my husband about the unmade bed, it is to just say to him, I feel really overwhelmed when the bed's not made. Like, my brain feels scrambled when I know that the house is completely a mess. His does too, and he can resonate with that because when the kids have got their toys everywhere, he finds that overwhelming and he can't cope with that. And I'm much more patient with that. But actually being able to go to that conversation and to just be able to say, look, it makes me feel really happy when you make it. It makes me, my morning go a lot smoother when you've made that bed. And then when he does do that, I give him a hug and say thank you. And does he deserve a hug and say thank you? I don't know. I just think it's nice to always notice the real small things. And when you're a parent, you learn to notice the small things. You know, celebrating when your children brush their teeth, celebrating when they put their shoes on, celebrating when they get dressed. I celebrate every little thing they do because if you give them a sticker, kids are happy, toddlers are happy. If you haven't already, go on to Etsy, print out some reward charts, put them on your fridge. The amount of stuff you can get done by giving your child a sticker. Brush your teeth, eat your dinner. Not always, by the way. But it's much easier to get them to eat their dinner with a sticker than shouting at them and arguing and begging. When they get older, phonics, getting them to do their homework. Little girls really like learn that they like to be good girls because they learn it at school. Anyway, I'm losing focus, but back to back on my thinking. It doesn't have to be, you have to do something because it's how it's always been done or with learning black and white thinking is to not be flexible. And what one of the things that happy people always have in common is that they have a real growth mindset. And a growth mindset just means that like life continues to evolve. Nothing is static you will change, you will grow, you will be a different person. You can be on a keto diet one day and then you can be on a, and be a vegan the next day. That's okay. You can change your mind. We don't have to make a decision. Nothing is forever. And if you can get into the mindset that nothing is forever and everything is movable, parenting will get so much easier because children do not fit into boxes. They do not do what they're told when they're told. They do not follow what books say and milestones and all these leap things and they're humans they don't work like that we're not robots and we have to be flexible if we want to reduce anxiety and feel happier when we're able to be more flexible more intentional we're often able to escape from extreme emotions and that's what I want you to be able to do I want you to not feel such huge lows because when you have the resilience to bounce back from the hard bits you get to enjoy the highs so much more. And I think that's why I like the sticker chart because it really is celebrating the highs so much more. All right, I hope that was helpful. If it was, please comment, send me a comment, send me a message, follow me on Instagram. It's the imperfect underscore therapist. I've changed my name again. And subscribe because it really helps me to grow the podcast. Um, And I actually have two guests in the next two weeks. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please press the subscribe button. There is also an option to leave a review. It only takes 30 seconds and it will help me to grow the podcast and to support more women to start making motherhood the best season yet.